Um, I want to just continue this morning um, a series that I've been doing on the word established. Can we say that word together this morning? Established. Um, we've been looking over the past couple of weeks that God's throne, God's order, the Bible tells us, is established in heaven. Anyone glad about that? Uh, the fact that it's established means that it cannot be moved and it cannot be shaken. Aren't you glad that no matter how shaky this world gets, God's throne, God's order is established. It cannot be moved. It doesn't matter what's happening um, in our economy or in our politics or in our family situations or in our own personal lives. God's throne is established. God's plans, God's purposes are established. And even if all of hell were to come against God, nothing could shake his throne. Nothing could shake his kingdom because it is firmly established, the Bible tells us, and it cannot be moved. Hallelujah. We're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. But... What we looked at last time was that what is established in heaven, God wants to establish here on earth. Yes, God's throne is established in heaven, but here on earth there's chaos, there's craziness, there's disorder, there's panic, there's confusion. Would you agree with me? But here as Christians, we don't have this attitude that says, oh, well, I'm going to heaven, never mind. No, actually, God tells us to pray that his kingdom that is established in heaven will be established here on earth. So we want to see God's kingdom established in our lives. Amen. We want to see God's kingdom established here on Kingswood. We want to see God's order, God's righteousness God's goodness established in this city and in this region. Amen? So what we looked at last time was some of the ways in which we can see God's kingdom established in our lives. And uh, we looked at two things. The first was obedience. Deuteronomy 28 says, The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on earth, if... You keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So we talked about how every day we need to live a life of obedience to God. Every day it needs to be, God, what are you saying today? What is your will today? What is the plan and the purpose that you have for my life today? And as we say yes to God, as we say yes to God's will, as we say yes to God's word, as we say yes to God's ways, his kingdom is established in our lives and we help establish his kingdom wherever we go. Amen. And then the other thing we looked at was surrender. It says in Proverbs 16, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. And if you remember for those that were there that that word commit, it means to hand over. In other words, if we want God's kingdom to be established in any area of our lives, then we have to recognize his kingship and his lordship in that area. That means that we take our hands off. That means that we give up our right to understand, our right to be in control, our right to direct, and we say, Jesus, I hand it over to you. Who knows that's easier said than done. 
Jesus, I hand my children to you. Jesus, I hand my finances to you. Jesus, I hand that relationship. I hand that career to you. I hand my ministry. I hand my future to you. I I hand over the right to understand everything that you're doing. God, I commit it to you. And God says that when you hand it over to God, he will establish your plans, which, which basically another translation says, he will make you be successful. Anybody up for that? God, we want our lives, our plans to be successful, so therefore we hand them over to you. Now, I want to um, look at another way right now in which God's kingdom can be established, and I want to <coughs> give you a bunch of Bible verses this morning, and then we're going to kind of tie them together. So, um, in Job 22, verse 28, and this is out of the New King James Version, it says, you will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. Let me read that again. You will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. Um, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1. This verse is actually quoted all the way through the Bible, but I'm just picking on the 2 Corinthians 1. Every matter must be established by two or three witnesses. Every matter must be established by two or three witnesses. And then uh, you can turn with me um, to this one if you like. Isaiah 55, verse 10. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that he yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And then John chapter 3, last one, verse 31. These are the words of Jesus. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. The man who has accepted it is certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives a spirit without limit. Amen. A couple of years ago, this was in January 2020, um, I was preaching at a church um, near Manchester and I was um, speaking on a Saturday evening and then a Sunday morning service as well. And after the uh, Saturday night meeting had finished, um, I was kind of about to leave and a lady grabbed me and said, could you pray for my friend? Um, she didn't want to be prayed for at the front, but she really needs prayer. It was one of those where she kind of been hijacked into being prayed for. Um, so I kind of went over and began to talk to this lady and um, found out that this lady was um, the worship leader, the main worship leader in that church. But several months before, um, she had lost 
her ability to sing. Now, I don't mean that she couldn't physically sing. Um, what I mean is this, that if you asked her to sing any song, she was fine. But the moment she started to praise and worship, her entire body was racked with agonizing pain. She said it was like her whole body was on fire. All her joints and bones and everything was really inflamed. And this only happened whenever she opened her mouth to praise God. If you asked her to read the Bible in her head, she was fine. But the moment you asked her to uh, read the Bible out loud, again, her entire body was in pain. If you asked her to pray in her heart, she could pray. But the moment she prayed out loud, her whole body was filled with pain. She said, for several months, I've not been able to, uh, to say the name Jesus. I've not been able to speak in tongues. It's like I've lost my spiritual voice for several months. So um, I began to, to pray for this lady. And I, I recognized, obviously, that this was an attack from the enemy, that the enemy was trying to oppress her sound of worship. And um, as I prayed, I just felt God say, look, she feels like her whole body is on fire. Pray for rain. Um, so I just prayed, God, would you rain on this woman? Would you send your showers a blessing. Would you rain upon her with your Holy Spirit? Let the rains of your presence come upon this woman. And as I did, as I prayed that, it was like this gentle rain fell upon her and just something lifted. And she began to lift her voice and began to speak in tongues. Well, the speaking in tongues soon turned to laughter. And the laughter soon turned into uncontrollable joy. And this woman ended up being carried out of the church uh, by her friends. And I don't think she drove them. I think someone drove her home. Um, she was completely drunk in the Holy Spirit. Well, that was on the Saturday night. The Sunday morning, she came in and she said, I've not slept. I've not been to bed. I've been praising and worshiping all night long. And that Sunday morning, she led the church in worship and she was dancing and praising and lifting up a shout of praise to God, completely healed, completely delivered by the power of God. You know, I felt that there was something prophetic out of the person that the enemy targeted in that church was the worship leader. The one that was there to release the sound of prayers, the enemy silenced them. And it was just two months later um, that the government shut down all the places of worship. And it was like for several months, I know that we were praying and worshipping in our homes, but so for several months, the body of Christ couldn't come together and release that sound of praise and release that sound of prayer. And then, can you remember when we did come back together, but they said, you're not allowed to sing? And it was like, um, almost like a, a mute spirit was placed on the church. It was like, we don't mind you gathering, but just don't sing. Don't speak. Don't release that sound 
of prayers. Now, I don't want to get into all the, the kind of the, the medical and all the health reasons, and I'm sure that they were all valid, but um, I, I do believe that spiritually, that was a real oppression that came on the church. And I believe that we're just bit by bit, God is wanting to lift that mute spirit off the church. A reminder once again the power that's in our mouths. The power that's in our voices. When we begin to lift our voices in prayer and declaration and praise to God. You know, Satan knows the power of your voice. Satan knows the power of your confession. Who knows that the Bible tells us that me and you, we are created in the image and in the likeness of God. Amen? Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that you've got a nose and God's got a nose? You've got two ears, God's got two ears? No. What it means is this, that you were created to do the things that God can do. And how did God create the heavens and the earth? Who knows? He didn't think them into being. Hello? Who knows? He didn't write them down. He spoke them. When he spoke, the world was established. God spoke and he established creation. He established the earth. He established the oceans. He established the, the sun and the moon and the stars. All of creation was established because God said. God spoke into the darkness. Let there be light and there was light. God spoke into the chaos and order came. And the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that everything is sustained by his powerful word you know some Christians say oh God doesn't speak to me well we got a problem because the Bible tells us that if God stopped speaking the world wouldn't exist anymore the whole world is established because he's continually speaking if God stopped speaking the earth would fall out of orbit or whatever but praise God he's always speaking and his word sustains everything. So because we are created in the image and the likeness of God, there is power in our words. There is power in our declaration. There is power in our confession. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, really scary verse if you think about it, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So God established the world by speaking. Your world is established by speaking. Your world, what you have, the, the, your, the, the life that you now live, it is established by what you speak, by what you confess, by what you declare. In John chapter 3, those verses that we read, Jesus speaks about two different kinds of men. Of course, he's speaking mankind, male and female. He said, there is a man who is of the earth. And then there is the heavenly man. And he said, the, the man who is from heaven, the one who is above, he is above all. 
And God has given him the spirit without limit, without measure. Now, I don't know about you, but anyone else want to be a heavenly man, a heavenly woman? Above all, that means, you know, some people are, oh, I'm, I'm okay under the circumstances. Well, the Bible tells us that the heavenly man, the circumstances are above him or above her. Anyone else want to be in that place where you have authority over the storm? You have authority over the problems, the circumstances, the issues of life? The heavenly man is above all. The earthly man, everything is on top of him. All the worries, all the pressures, all the problems of this life, they're a burden. They're continually weighing them down. It's a life of fear and of depression and lack. I don't want that. Anyone else? I want to be above. I want the spirit without limit, without measure. Do you know it's possible to live that kind of life where you are continually filled with the Holy Spirit, that you're walking in your identity as a son and as a daughter of God, that you're walking in power and authority and blessing. Amen? Amen. What did Jesus say the difference is between the man from above and the man from earth? He said this, the one who is from earth speaks as one from the earth. But the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. Jesus shows us that the world that is established in your life is dependent on what comes out of your mouth. The one who is from earth speaks as one from earth. In other words, all they speak is what they can see with their natural eyes, what they feel and what they can understand. But the one who is from above speaks the words of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we kind of tell lies and that we kind of put on a mask and we kind of fake it until we make it. No, you've got to be honest. You've got to be open. You've got to be vulnerable. But there has to be a point when you say, you know what? Yeah, I, I've told you what's going on. I've been honest. I, I've been real. But now, I'm gonna, my faith is going to be activated. And now I'm actually no longer just going to declare what I can see naturally. I'm going to declare the words of God. So actually what I can see is sickness. But I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to declare healing. Actually what I can see is lack. But I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to speak provision. What I can see right now is emptiness, but I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to declare God's abundance. I'm going to declare God's blessing. The one who is from below speaks of, of the things below. All they speak is what they see, what they feel, what they understand. But your confession lifts you. It elevates you. When you begin to take the word of God and you speak it and you declare it, you are lifted into a place of authority. You are lifted into a place of blessing. You are lifted into a place where you can experience the fullness of God's Holy Spirit. Amen? What did we um, read in um, Isaiah 55? God says, As surely... Um, 
as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. <coughs> God's word goes out of his mouth. And who knows, we've already touched it. God is always speaking. God is always blessing. God is always promising. God's word goes out of his mouth and he promises to be your healer. He promises to be your provider. He promises to be your strength. But this is what it says. My word will not return to me without bearing fruit. Now, my interpretation of that is this, that God's word goes out, but how is God's word returned to him? Someone grabs a hold of that word and speaks it back to God. And Isaiah says, or rather God says through Isaiah, it's impossible for God's word to come back to him without bearing fruit. So God has spoken and God's word comes. God's word comes to rumor and she takes a hold of that word. She takes a hold of that promise. She takes a hold of that scripture. She takes a hold of that blessing and she gets a hold of it. It's established in her heart by faith. And then she begins to speak it back to God. She takes those scriptures and she prays them back to God. It becomes her confession. It becomes her declaration. And God says, when I hear my word being spoken back to me, it has to accompany what I've said it has to accomplish what I have sent it out to do so God's kingdom is established when you take what God has said you get a hold of that word and then you speak it you confess it you declare it back to him amen um, I, I've shared with you the story before that um, a friend of my mother she was diagnosed with terminal cancer and um, she had been to, you know, every healing evangelist possible. Uh, you know, she'd had hands laid on, oil laid on, the handkerchiefs, the, you know, the, everything she could, but had not received healing. Well, um, she got a hold of a little book of healing scriptures. And every morning before she uh, got out of bed she would speak these scriptures over her body and every night before she went to bed she would speak these scriptures over her body well her grandchildren had emigrated to Australia and um, she thought you know what I've only got a few months left to live I just want to see my grandchildren one more time and so she, she booked the flights but she needed uh, permission from the doctors to get insurance to travel so she went to the to the hospital said look can you just make sure you know they didn't want to kind of dying on the plane or anything like that and so they did all the scans and the doctors came in they said we can't understand this but there is no trace of cancer anywhere in your body 
That was several years ago and she's still healed, still cancer free to this day. Gone from terminal cancer to zero cancer. How? Simply by taking the word of God and speaking of her body. What could happen if we took the word of God and we spoke it over our health? We spoke it over our children. We spoke it over our finances. We spoke it over this area of Hull here in Kingswood. Um, God says in his word that every matter is established on the basis of two or three witnesses. In other words, if three people come into agreement and, and it's a witness, which in the Bible is, it speaks of confession. Um, if, two, if three people can confess the same thing, that matter is established here on earth. I believe that the word of God can be one of those witnesses. And I believe the Holy Spirit always speaks to confirm the word of God. So who's the third party? I believe it's us, the church. I believe that when we speak the word of God, the Holy Spirit joins our confession. And what we confess, what we declare, is established here on earth earth amen that scripture we read in job says you will declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways god i speak light into the darkness god i speak light into the confusion i speak light into the hopelessness god i confess salvation over kingswood i confess uh, salvation over my family i confess the peace of god over my mind and heart and when we begin to use our mouths to declare and confess the goodness and the promises of god powerful things can take place amen um, again, some of you have heard me tell this story before, but um, I, I just want to change slightly from confessing the word to, to our confession of praise. Um, uh, as I said, some of you will have heard me tell this story before, but a number of years ago, I was in Africa. I was uh, part of a crusade I, uh, with Nathan Morris. I was part of his uh, ministry team and went into this little tent, which was uh, a deliverance tent, which kind of get in the, the, the crusades in Africa. And there was this young girl there called Letty. She was only about 10, 11 years of age. Um, and, and she had a demon. Her, her mother had taken her to the witch doctor for healing. And it, and it opened her up to all these kind of demonic kind of things. And this little girl, although she was about 10, 11 years old, had supernatural strength. And a group of grown men were holding her to the ground. It was a really kind of disturbing sight. And I went over to her and kind of said, you know, come out in the name of Jesus, thinking, you know, that'll work. And... Um, I was shocked that the demon spoke to me through the little girl and said there are nine of us and we're not going anywhere. So I thought, blimey, I only had one line and that didn't, that, that didn't work, you know. Come out in the name of Jesus, that was all I got. Um, so you know what? We just started to praise. Just started to lift up our voices of worship. And after a few moments, the demon spoke again and said, can you stop singing? I don't like it. And I learned a powerful lesson that day that Satan is terrified of our praise. And so we began to praise louder. And one by one, those demons left that little girl and she was completely delivered by the power of God.
Psalm 8 says this, through the prayers of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. A stronghold is a place of defense. And it says that a stronghold is established against the enemy. That means that no matter how powerful the enemy is coming against you, there is a stronghold that is established and cannot be moved. Who knows that every day the enemy comes at you with his fiery darts. It may be sickness, it may be depression, it may be fear, it may be anxiety, it might be conflict in your workplace or your family, wherever it may be, those fiery darts come at you. But do you know it is possible to establish a stronghold? That no matter how powerful the enemy is that comes against me, nothing is going to penetrate that stronghold. Nothing is going to overcome my life because I have established a stronghold against the enemy. Amen? How is a stronghold established? Through praise. I look through the prayers of children and infants. In other words, the ones who are the weakest naturally will have victory against the most powerful of armies. So you might think spiritually you're not that strong. You might think spiritually you're, you're in a weak place. You don't know as much as the Bible as other people. Your faith is not as strong as other people. But you know what? Praise empowers you. Praise is your defense. Praise is your victory against the enemy. This is the most powerful spiritual warfare that you have. The most powerful weapon in your armory is praise. When you begin to praise God, when you begin to fill your home with praise, when you begin to fill your car with praise, when you begin to fill your morning walk to work or wherever you go, when you begin to fill that with praise, you are establishing a stronghold against the enemy. If you show me someone that's defeated continually and always overcome and always in a place where the enemy is having authority over them, that's probably someone that has not discovered the secret of praise. But you show me someone that's in victory, someone that's in authority, that's someone who has established a foundation, a fortress, a praise in their life. Amen? The enemy cannot get through our prayers. <coughs> you know, there are seven different Hebrew words for prayers. And I just mentioned this really quickly. You could do a full study on this. But I just want to show you, uh, show you something here. Um, there's the word todah, which means a sacrifice of thanksgiving. There's yada, which means to raise our hands or to praise with our body. There's halal, which is where we get the word hallelujah from, which means to boast, to celebrate, to rejoice. The shabak, which means to praise with a loud voice. There's zamar, which means to praise with music. There's barak, which means to praise through kneeling. And there's tehillah, which is the prophetic song, the song of the spirit. 
Now, what's interesting is that none of those descriptions for praise, all of them are external. It's praising God with your body. It's lifting up a shout. It's playing an instrument. It's kneeling. It's raising the hands. There is no Hebrew word for praise, which is praising your heart. It's all external. Now, you can worship in your heart, but praise is something that you physically have to do. You have to physically open your mouth and declare the praises of God. Or if you can't do that, you praise God with your body. It's something exuberant. It's something that's external. It's a physical act that you do. What's the point? God is wanting to break off of this off of the church this apathy, this stagnation, this going through the motions and just praise and worship and saying, Come on, church, it's time to open our mouths. It's time to lift up a shower of praise. It's time to open our mouths and declare the goodness of God, the word of God, the promises of God. It's time to declare how good and how awesome and how mighty your God is. Because as you open your mouth, to praise the enemy is defeated and God's kingdom is established in your midst amen okay um, let me just uh, I'll wrap this up in just uh, the next next few moments but um, Hosea chapter 6 and this is again out of the New King James it says come and let us return to the Lord he is torn, but he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is as established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain to the earth. I remember being in Argentina a number of years ago and going to a little village that had been in a drought that had lasted for several years. For several years, they'd not had a drop of rain. And this was a, a kind of a really kind of um, agricultural community. And so, um, you know, this was, you know, really, really serious things that had really affected their economy and the, the standard of life and we were there two services and, and God moved powerfully and on the last night we saw a remarkable healing and salvation but one of the most remarkable things was the moment the service ended there was this big lightning flash across the sky and it began to rain and it rained all night long and I went back to that place 18 months later and they said um, oh, before you came it never rained and they said, N since your visit, it's hardly ever stopped raining. <laughs> and I thought, I said, that, that's an anointing that only a British person <laughs> could bring. Um, I remember being in Albania, and this was in um, like July, August time, where it's over 100 degrees, never ever rains. And we're doing a conference called Times of Refreshing. And I thought, what a title for a conference, the hottest time of the year, over 100 degrees, times of refreshing. But as the conference started, it began to rain. Uh, there was not a, a cloud in the sky, 
but it just rained for a few moments as we, as we just talked about times of refreshing from the Lord. I remember being in Mexico and um, it was a two-week trip and we were doing services kind of nearly every, every night. And again, beautiful, gorgeous weather. Um, but every night, whenever we did an altar call for salvation, it began to rain. And it rained just during the altar call for salvation and then it stopped raining. And it happened night after night after night after night. Um, John Vassaman, for those that were here on Wednesday night, if not, you can listen to the podcast. He gave a really a prophetic word for Revive Church, which is, it's time to pray for rain. Rain in the Bible, and we don't have time to go into the whole message, but rain in the Bible spoke of God's blessing. Uh, God said, if you sin, if you mess up, there'll be no rain. But if you turn to me, I'll, I'll cause showers of blessing to come. Um, Proverbs 16 says that when a king's face brightens, it means life. His favor is like a rain cloud in spring. Who wants the, the favor of God's rain to be upon them? It says here in Hosea 6 that just like the morning is established. In other words, who knows? You go to bed on a night. Who knows, you don't have to pray whether there's going to be a morning, unless you're really morbid. You know, you just know it's established. There's evening, there's morning. In the same way, God says, this is also something that is established. If you seek me, I'll come like the rain. If you pursue me, I'll send my showers a blessing. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you with my rain. And my reign will bring healing. My reign will bind you up. My reign will revive you. My reign will raise you up. My reign will cause you to live in my presence. And there's, there's two kinds of reign. It talks about the winter reign and the spring reign. And John Vassaman touched on this. But the winter reign was the reign that came to soften the hard ground. And it may be that you're here this morning and maybe there are some areas of hardness in your life. Maybe you're in a place where life is hard. Life is difficult. Marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. Just surviving day after day is hard. God wants to send his rain to water those areas that have been hard and difficult and to bring his life and to bring his blessing. Maybe you're in a place where you're no longer feeling that closeness, that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. God wants to send his rain to soften those hard areas. Amen? Amen. The spring rains were the rains just before the harvest. Anyone want to see the harvest? You want to see the harvest of those answered prayers. You want to see the harvest of God's blessing and God's favor. God will come like the spring rains that bring in the harvest. We want to see a harvest here on Kingswood. Amen. Uh, we were at Bill and Edie's yesterday and they were, they were telling us about the time when Kingswood flooded. Uh, which was before, well, a lot of Hull flooded, didn't it? But this area and and and... Um, it was before we moved here, praise God. Um, but you know what? Just as there was a flood in the natural, why can't we believe God for a flood of the Holy Spirit? 
as a flood in the natural brought devastation. Why can't we believe for a flood of the Holy Spirit that will bring harvest of souls, families, lives touched and transformed? God says, is it established? that when you press on to acknowledge me, when you say, I want to know God, I want to live in the presence of God, just as the morning is established, is established that when you seek God, he will come like the rain. Amen? We want to see God's kingdom established here, right? So it's time to open our mouths and speak and declare the word of God. It's time to rediscover the power of praise and lift and create that sound of praise and victory over this area and over our lives. And it's time for us to seek after God with everything that we've got so that he would come to us like the rain. That he would bring his blessing and he would bring his favor and we would see the harvest. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand together?